0: Welcome to the Pharma Podcast, conversations with industry experts and business leaders about important and current topics in Canadian pharma, biotech, and medtech. I'm your host, Sam Tarantino. In this episode of the Pharma Podcast, my guest is Lindy Forte, Senior Partner, Health Technology Assessment at Accelerator Canada. Lindy is the founder of Patient Access Solutions and brings over 20 years of pharmaceutical and biotech experience in market access. On this podcast, We will discuss the PMPRB and the amendments to the patented medicines regulations and its impact on drug prices in Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Lindy.
1: Thanks, Sam. It's nice to be here. So why don't we
0: start with the PMPRB? Who is the PMPRB and and what is their role?
1: Sure. Uh, the PMPRB, according to their website, is an independent quasi-judicial body established by Parliament in 1987 under the Patent Act. Uh, in, in lay terms, they have two mandates. Uh, so the first mandate is a regulatory role. They state that they protect consumers by ensuring that the prices of patented medicines are not excessive. Their second mandate is a reporting role. Uh, They provide information on pricing trends in the pharmaceutical industry via annual reports. So they are a regulatory body. Uh, All pharmaceutical manufacturers with patented drugs have to report all of their uh, prices and sales quantities to the PMPRB every six months. And the PMPRB uh, reviews the reports and uh, makes judgments about whether the prices are excessive or not they also uh, determine the list prices that manufacturers can sell uh, their products in canada
0: so this podcast was originally scheduled as a post implementation podcast because the the guidelines were supposed to take effect january the first right they've since been delayed to july 1st yes yeah so um what what are the changes that are being proposed in in the new guidelines
1: sure i can provide a high level overview of the changes uh the actual guideline document is huge uh there's a lot of nuances but on at a really high level uh the main changes are the fact that the basket of comparator countries against which canadian prices are judged has changed so in the quote old basket uh the the comparator countries that PMPRB uh referenced are italy france germany sweden switzerland the uk and the us In the new basket, there are now uh, instead of seven countries, there are now 11 comparator countries. And I think the most notable changes are the removal of the US and Switzerland. Those two countries were typically thought of as or typically were higher priced. Countries uh, and the new basket of eleven includes some lower price countries, most notably Japan. Um, on an operational level, the guidelines were to judge Canadian prices against a median, and effectively that usually excluded the highest cost countries and the lowest cost countries so so what we're finding if we compare uh our clients medications the older basket and the newer basket there isn't that big of a change because the median is often in in the european basket and so that's uh consistent with the the old guidelines and the new guidelines i'm not saying that that The prices will be exactly the same, but it's not, at least we haven't seen a a hugely dramatic change. So the basket has changed, but also the the determination of the list price, the the mechanism there has changed, where I actually prefer the new guidelines because an an interim list price and a final list price are set according to the international median. This is in the new system. In the the prior system, there was a determination of the value of the products. the clinical value relative to comparators in our market here in Canada. And so what was happening was the expert committee that makes the decision would often look to lower cost comparators, whether they were really clinically valid comparators or not and this was done i think in an effort to bring down the (laughs) list price of drugs in canada so we would see uh reports of the the two bodies that uh informed the expert committee that there would be a a determination that there are no valid comparators. And yet, for some um, inexplicable reason, the expert committee would take those two reports that were consistent in stating that there are no valid comparators, and the expert committee would say, there are valid comparators, here are the comparators, in, in some cases, they were really low cost alternatives. I even saw one situation where it was an over the counter medication. So, so I actually am in favor of the new guidelines. Some aspects of the new guidelines. Of course, the devil will be in the details. We don't have experience with the new guidelines. uh, And frankly, the rollout of the new guidelines has not been adequate yet. There there are a lot of, there's a lack of transparency. And there were to be uh, numerous workshops and information sessions in the fall. And those sessions were cancelled. And now we see that the guidelines have been delayed. Uh, The reason for the delay is cited to be COVID-19. And and my hope is that uh, the Canadian government has realized that innovative pharmaceutical manufacturers are important partners for government. Uh, We maintain health of Canadians and and it's this industry that has mobilized very quickly to bring COVID vaccines to the market. And uh, I think there is some recognition of of the value of the manufacturers.
0: What about um, the guidelines? Will they have any impact on public and private reimbursement?
1: I don't see the guidelines having an impact. Um, Right now, the system we have is that all drugs and, uh, yeah, drugs are reviewed through the health technology assessment organizations, so CADTH for the rest of Canada and Ines for Quebec, and those bodies are making the rec- uh, recommendations on the clinical and the economic value of the new medications, uh, and then we go through a process uh, driven by the Penn Canadian Pharmaceutical Alliance, which is the the price negotiation uh, where there is bulk buying, the provinces get together uh, and negotiate uh, acceptable prices under product listing agreements. And and these prices that are being negotiated are probably not dissimilar from uh, the rebate prices or the negotiated prices uh, for some of the European markets. Uh, I think with a mandated rebate price, through the pmprb if the pmprb is is successful in in going forth i think we will net out at a a similar place it's just a different way of getting there so there's a list price and there's a negotiated price that's not in the public domain and and then following through all of those processes then uh the the provinces and the private insurers uh, will reimburse the drugs in the same manner what
0: about um is there any risk um, to new launches, uh, new drugs being launched in Canada as a result of the PMPRB, these changes?
1: I foresee that uh, the new medications will still come to market in Canada, but there is a potential for delays. So, the way the new guidelines are built, they're very dependent on setting the list price according to that basket of 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to set a list price, at the medication should be launched in at least five other countries. And so we've seen situations in the past where sometimes medications come to Canada first. And there is some potential now that in order to secure a list price that's acceptable for launch in Canada, there may be... Uh, um, a preference on the part of some manufacturers. Uh, I'm sure they'll still want to be doing all of the analysis and the work towards bringing the drugs to market. But I think there's potential that the the actual launches may be delayed. And that's unfortunate for patients who who are waiting and, and needing the medications.
0: What about rare diseases, drugs for uh, specialized drugs and drugs for uh, rare disease? Do you see any particular challenges?
1: Well, they, the new guidelines actually are, really seem to be targeted, um, I don't want to say against the drugs for rare diseases, but there are additional uh, analyses and hurdles that are put in place to scrutinize the cost of drugs for rare diseases. And I think where this thinking is coming from is that because they're small populations, the the there's some unfairness in that higher higher costs are uh, allowed or attributed to those drugs for very small populations and and conversely this is exactly the reason why the drugs for rare diseases are priced higher. It's because the effort to bring them to market is similar to the effort that's required to bring a blockbuster to market. And it's harder for manufacturers to recoup those costs when the costs are spread out over a, a smaller segment of the population. And my feeling is that you know, individuals that are, are born with uh, genetic conditions with rare disease, they're disadvantaged already and to, to have higher scrutiny on the costs of those drugs and potentially risk delays in coming to market in Canada is, is a further uh, disadvantage and inequity for those patients. And, and so I would like to see um, the, the conditions for uh, setting the rebate prices in particular of those medications. I'd like to see them relaxed. Although I have noted that uh, in contrast to the system we have now where after we get a positive recommendation from the health technology assessment organizations, we go negotiate on, on the price, the rebate price of those Uh, drugs. um, And there's no um, minimum amount of sales uh, that is permitted at the list price. Uh, the, The negotiated price is on the first dollar sold. What we see in the new guidelines is some allowance for up to $12 million in annual sales before the rebates kick in. So this seems to be an improvement actually in the guidelines, but as I mentioned before, we're not really sure about the interplay between what we have now, the, the negotiation with the Pan-Canadian Pharmaceutical Alliance um, versus the actual mandated rebate prices through the PMPRB. We don't know how that interplay will will play out. And and then the other thing I wanted to, to uh, say about the drugs for rare diseases is, you know, there is an unequal focus, I think, on on the cost of those uh, medications. And uh, I think that the government has to some degree lost sight of the fact that the total cost of all medications to treat these genetic conditions is still only 2 or 2.5% of the total pharmaceutical spend. Uh, I think what the PMPRB sometimes has done uh, when they're Publishing their reports is they bring in the cost of uh, oncology drugs, which are uh, initially maybe uh, targeted towards more rare cancers, but over time, because of their their efficacy in cancer, they are approved for more and more indications, uh, which increases their market size, and they would no longer be considered really truly a drug for rare disease. So, so what? Uh, the PMPRB has done in their analysis is lumped in the cost of the rare oncology uh, drugs, and and they're showing that the total cost then of the expensive drugs for rare disease are about ten percent of the market, where we're really focusing on on the the real drugs for rare diseases to to target the orphan disease the the um genetic conditions that individuals are born with and that's still a tiny 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 part of the pharmaceutical market in canada
0: so in terms of a final takeaway the new guidelines good bad neutral
1: <laughs> well <laughs> time time will tell of course as I said we we don't have the experience with those new guidelines that we have with the older guidelines um, on paper I'm I'm encouraged I think there are some aspects of the guidelines that will make it much easier for us to plan uh, you know you can't plan for whether the expert committee will designate your drug a breakthrough or a substantial improvement or a moderate improvement Uh, in the new system we have the the list prices are set according to the international basket I think it's much easier to uh, um, make plans in in that environment it's much more straightforward and as I said too, um, even in the the case of a higher cost medication a category one medication there there seems to be an allowance for at least 12 million dollars in revenue before the rebates kick in so so i'm i'm really encouraged about the future i'm hopeful that these new guidelines will play out as written uh, and and we're anxiously uh, awaiting to see how they The guidelines will be implemented. Uh, There needs to be more education in our industry and with the public uh, to reassure patients and manufacturers that uh, Canada, um, there won't be delays in bringing drugs to market in Canada. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for your time. Um, How can the audience connect with you?
1: Uh, Through my um, email, which is Lindy. L-I-N-D-Y dot Forte, F-O-R-T-E at Acceleracanada, all one word, dot com.
0: Contact details for Lindy will also be available on our website at thepharmapodcast.ca. Thank you for listening. This podcast can be found on our website at thepharmapodcast.ca. The Pharma Podcast is also available to listen to for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and google podcast the pharma podcast youtube channel will also be launching very soon so please stay tuned thank you to our sound engineer errol francis please subscribe and follow me on linkedin to stay up to date on future uh, podcasts if you would like to be a guest on this podcast or if there's a topic we should cover in future podcasts please connect with me via linkedin